Spirelli presents Radio Collezione The Story of Rossellini Ferrari 375mm by Scaglietti by Simon Kidstone Let me take you to mid-1950s Italy. World War II has only been over for barely a decade and there's a complete economic revolution underway. The country is booming. Money is being made. Industries are working at full capacity. The creative arts are renowned throughout the world. And at the forefront of those creative arts is a celebrated Italian film director named Roberto Rossellini. He just happens to be married also to one of the most glamorous actresses in the world, Swedish beauty Ingrid Bergman. In a slightly more industrial part of the country, there's another celebrated middle-aged Italian man doing exceptionally well in his field, and his name is Enzo Ferrari. He started shop just outside the town of Modena in the north center of Italy just after the war, building cars under his own name, having been the team manager for Alfa Romeo's racing team before the war. And Enzo Ferrari, who started out with effectively a cottage industry out of a very modest workshop within a few short years after starting in 1947, is already at the absolute pinnacle of his profession. His cars are triumphant in Formula One racing, they are triumphant in sports car racing, and in the showroom, although relatively few people still know the name of Ferrari in wider circles, his cars are bought by connoisseurs, royalty, film stars, racing drivers, people who have the financial means to back up their driving ambitions. And one such person is Roberto Rossellini. He's had several Ferraris already. He took Bergman on honeymoon in one of them. But by the mid-1950s, he's ready for something special. And I should add that he doesn't just drive these cars on the road. He also races them with moderate success. In 1954, Rossellini orders the latest and flagship Ferrari racing car. It's known as a 375MM. MM because of Mille Miglia, that round Italy race that Ferrari is already dominating. He orders a convertible, or I should say a roadster, it doesn't have a roof, to race in major international events. On one of those, one of those events, he has a um, crash in the car, and he sends it back down to Modena to be repaired. But he doesn't ask for them to repair it just as a normal racing car. He has another idea, and he thinks to himself, do you know what? This car would actually make an incredible road car if I had a road-going body put on it. So he talks to Ferrari, and Ferrari says, look, there's this uh, fellow down the road called Scaglietti, who makes our race car bodies. Why don't you talk to him about making this into a road car? Talks continue. Scaglietti and Rossellini meet. And a few months later, Rossellini is presented with, in fact, the first Scaglietti road-going coupe ever built on a Ferrari. It's his 375mm as raced, but now it looks very, very different. In place of that Spartan two-seater spider body is a long, sensuous, voluptuous, and very menacing silver bullet. 
still with right-hand drive, which characterized most luxury Italian cars all the way into the mid-1950s. But now it's a coupe rather than an open car with a very, very low cockpit, an impossibly long bonnet that seems to go on forever, and this short, clipped tail giving an impression of immense power. What very few people know is that Rossellini actually took out a loan to buy this car. I think about four and a half million lira from memory, which is something like, I'm going to say maybe $8,000. So it doesn't sound like a lot now, but it was back in the day when you could buy a new Fiat for perhaps $300 to put things into perspective. Rossellini took delivery of the car and he used it a great deal as almost everyday transport. And it should be mentioned that he actually ordered a second run of these cars, also using um, a mortgage borrowed money, um, this time bodied by Pininfarina. That car looked more like a, a show car. It was, in fact, the Paris show car. So more of a styling concept, whereas the Silver Scaglietti car had more of a racing car look to it. But it was interesting that um, it would have been unusual for anybody to have just one of those cars, but Rossellini actually had a pair, which certainly made a style statement. Life went on, Rossellini changed wives and cars with uh, reasonable frequency. And come the early 1960s, he had uh, decided to part with this car, along with various other of his assets, in order to fund uh, the finishing of a movie. And the car came up for sale. Uh, I don't think it was a, a bankruptcy sale, but I do think it was a judicial sale. So some, something of a, maybe not a forced sale, but certainly one that he had to do. And a very young man, but a young, a young man with a rich aunt, heard about this car. He persuaded his aunt, this is where the story gets quite unbelievable, to lend him 300,000 lira to go and buy this car from Rossellini. And I should add that this young man, who on top of everything else lived in Sicily, so he wasn't particularly close to Rossellini in Rome, didn't even have a driving license. But he presented himself with the necessary cash and um, found himself, believe it or not, driving home in Rossellini's 375mm. A 170 mile an hour projectile with a four plus something liters V12 engine, but without even having a driving license. He arrived home, he enjoyed the car, he didn't tell his father that he had bought this car, he was still studying and his father had promised him a new Fiat 500 if he got his degree, until one day a friend of his said, oh, could I borrow that car of yours, I'd love to give it a try. So being a generous young man, he said, yeah, sure, have a go. Only problem was, his friend never came back with it. Time passed, nothing happened, complete silence, no sign of the car, until one day a courier was delivering a package to this young man's home. And with the front door open, he spotted on the wall behind the young man a picture. And he said, oh, that's, that's interesting. That's a car, it's a Ferrari, isn't it? I've seen one like that. And the young man said, really? Yeah, yeah I've seen a car just like that in a, in a garage in Naples where we have our, our work vehicles serviced. Unusual. Except that that one's green. And uh, oh, mine was silver. The next day, the young man turns up in Naples at the address that he's been given, asks about an old Ferrari that's been left there and the person in charge of the garage said oh yeah yeah there is such a car it's been here for about a year now um i'll show it to you they walked to the back of the garage and sure enough there in the corner covered in dust is a military green ferrari but it's unmistakable it's the same car 
that the young man had lent to his friend over a year before. Negotiations ensue. I think a lawyer might have been involved. Some money changes hands to pay for unpaid parking charges. And a few days later, the young man, who still doesn't have a driving license, is once again driving his Ferrari home to Sicily. And his father still doesn't know that he owns it. Fast forward a few years, and uh, the young man by now is thinking of getting married. He's in his 20s. I think his parents by now do know about the car. He writes to Mr. Ferrari to say, I've got this old Ferrari, which is a one-off. Would you be interested? Enzo Ferrari, who of course was still alive at the time, writes back and says, no, no, we don't buy old cars. But let me put you in touch with somebody who buys that kind of thing. And he put him in touch with a very famous French collector, who amazingly wasn't interested in it either. But he had a friend who was. And so in about 1970, uh, a man arrived from Paris with a suitcase full of money and left with the Rossellini 375. And he kept it for the next 25 years, never doing much with it. Stayed effectively in his basement just outside of Paris. Until one day in the late 1990s, the president of Microsoft, not Bill Gates, but one of his partners, who had built up a fantastic car collection, came to Europe in search of some kind of a holy grail with which to win major concours d'elegance. He was tipped off about this car. He went to see it. And there's a great photograph of him as a relatively young man shaking hands with the Frenchman who by then was quite old and buying the car from him. It flew across to America for the first time. It was restored back to its original glory. And in 2014, I think it was, the car finally became the first Ferrari ever and to date the only Ferrari to win best of show at Pebble Beach. Now, a few years later, that American, by now in his 80s, and I had a conversation about possibly selling another one of his cars. And I said to him in that conversation, by the way, were, were you thinking of selling anything else? And I couldn't believe it when he said to me, well, actually, maybe the Rossellini Ferrari. And I thought, ah, I know just the person for that. And it took one telephone call, which I remember I made from the seat of my BMW, sitting outside a hotel on a very hot day in Portofino, to the person I had in mind, who had said to me about 10 years before when he saw the car on a rally, if that car ever comes up, you have to call me immediately. And good to his word, when I called him, he said, fine, tell me how much it is, and I will buy it. And the most satisfying thing of the whole story was that after we had done the deal, we flew the car from America back to Italy, lined up in the queue at the local Motorizzazione, which is the MOT testing center with all the Fiat Unos and the Priuses and so on. And we got an Italian roadworthiness certificate for that car, which is pretty amazing considering how much noise it makes. And we got the original Rome plates back. We got a professional driver in the driving seat. You can't be too tall in that car. It's safe to say that Rossellini was never considering a career as a basketball player. And we drove it flat out regardless of its value, through the streets of Rome, as Rossellini might have done 60 or even 70 years earlier. And the satisfaction of coming full circle with that car and bringing it home after all those years was one of the most satisfying moments of my motoring career. So the Rossellini Ferrari 375 MM by Scaglietti holds a very special place in my heart 
and my colleagues and I are very, very proud to have contributed in some small way to bringing it home again. You've been listening to Radio Collezione by Pirelli.